0: The Gospel according to John, chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Let us pray. Lord, may my words make sense, and I pray that your people take me seriously in this shirt. Amen. It strobes on the camera, doesn't it? Wow. I'll I'll get a better one for next week. Uh, This won't be a normal Advent. We are going to be singing and starting to sing Advent and Christmas carols, our church will look Adventy, and we will have the usual themes of hope, peace, joy and love. But this year we've chosen readings that you would normally associate with Christmas or Christmas Day rather than Advent. Because our theme this year is that Christmas is a long game. And this morning we're going to use this classic and poetic opening of John's Gospel to help us unpack this idea that hope is a long game. I've never actually preached on the prologue this start of John's Gospel. Every single year, it is an option for one of the Christmas readings. But every single year, I find myself going back to Luke's Christmas story mostly because I'm thinking that during our Christmas services, we're going to see a lot more people that aren't normally in church on a normal Sunday, more of them than those who are normally here on a normal Sunday. And when you think about it, John doesn't really seem to know anything about angels or shepherds, stars or wise men. He doesn't even seem to know what Jesus' mother's name is. So without all those things... Is it a proper Christmas? But I suspect that this powerful passage has got plenty to say to us right now and plenty to say to us about hope. One of the reasons that it is often advisable for a preacher to avoid this passage is that it is a lot. There's a sermon almost in every verse, in every phrase pretty much. It's rigorous, deeply theological, profound, incomprehensible at best, unbelievable at worst, debated and contested, filled with imagery and loaded with challenge. On the one hand, I'm not actually sure sure that a theological degree qualifies me enough to preach on this passage. But on the other, there's a beautiful simplicity that you can find in this passage, in these words. And it's in that beautiful simplicity that I think we can find hope. So I'm just going to pick out three elements of this beautiful simplicity in these 14 verses. The first, in the beginning. The very first words of John's Gospel want us to recall the very first words of the Bible, or for John's readers, the Jewish Torah. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1 tells us that God said, let there be, and there was. Day and night, heaven and earth, land and sea, plant and animals, and humanity. John wants us to know that Jesus is this Word. The Word that existed before anything else and called everything into being. Jesus is, let there be. More than this, Jesus is the Word of God that has been read and preached in Israel since the time of Moses and as it continues to be read and preached in the worship of the Christian church today. As the law was given to Moses as the word of God, John says, so grace and truth are given to us in the person of Jesus. In John's gospel, you can clearly see that both law and grace are life-giving, world-changing words. Jesus Tells us more so, he actually shows us who God is. In Jesus, we hear that God heals and forgives, embraces outcasts, and prays for those who hurt him. In Jesus, we hear that God understands betrayal and denial, suffering and pain, humiliation and death. Jesus tells us that God knows that both as individuals and as all of creation, we need a saviour, and that Jesus is that saviour. In Jesus, we hear that God brings victory over despair, defeat, destruction, even death. And this is our hope. And it's been there all the way since the very beginning That is a very, very, very long game. I love the way uh, the commentary writer Mary Ann May Thompson puts it. Jesus is God's self-expression, God's thought or mind, God's interior words spoken aloud. And John portrays Jesus not only as the representative of God, but also as the representation of God the one whose origins lie uniquely in the very being of God. Has anybody heard the expression, God who was, who is, and is to come? Sound familiar? Well, you pick up all of that from John chapter 1, but you also pick that up in another bit of writing attributed to John. It's called the book of Revelation who was and is and is to come. This is our hope, a hope that was, a hope that is, and a hope that is to come. There's always been hope. There's hope right now. There will always be hope. The angels sing out this hope in the book of Revelation We just need to learn how to make this hope hope real and alive in our lives. The second piece of beautiful simplicity is about darkness and light. The last few Christmases haven't been great for many of us. And I expect that there are a lot of people inside the church And also a lot of people, probably more so outside of the church, who are hoping that this year will be better. Hoping that this year the pandemic wave will pass with less fuss. That travel will be unhindered, except for the exorbitant airfares they seem to be charging at the moment. Many might be actually hoping that they might be able to snare some Black Friday accommodation and fare bargains. That's the hope that people are thinking about this year. I've heard not just people in the church, but people in a community talk about over and over again. I hope it'll be better this Christmas. But that got me thinking. I wonder if we place too much hope in Christmas. By that I mean the actual day of Christmas, the 25th of December, each year. We hope that we'll get the presents we want, that the people we love will be with us, that someone will be with us. We hope that we won't have to work or do too much work in the preparation to Christmas. We hope that all those plans and preparations will come off and that family tension and friction will be put aside at least for just one day. Does that sound familiar? I think we're placing too much pressure on Christmas. And to be frank, too much pressure on ourselves. And we're missing the hope that was and is and is to come. Our cultural view of hope can be summed up by the classic Judy Garland song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. almost makes me want to break out into song. Hope is something that's over there. And when you get there, everything is going to be just fine. And so we seek hope in a moment, in the moment that we're searching for. Hope is a dopamine hit that lasts for a while but then it fades and we crave more and more of this hope-filled dopamine hit. Another momentary shot of hope. There's been a lot of cultural hope on display over the last few days and if my inbox is anything to go by over the last few weeks with the arrival of the Black Friday sales. Monday, uh, m- money's tight. Interest rates are up. We hope we can get a bargain. Maybe buy those Christmas presents that we were going to buy a little bit earlier and save a bit of money. Maybe we want to just treat ourselves because it's been a hard season. But this hope doesn't last. Actually, I'm not sure it's hope at all. I don't think it's bad in and of itself to buy something on sale. If it is, I'm in a lot of trouble. Um, But it's just not hope. It's not hope that was and is and is to come. Cultural hope is that end of the rainbow experience where we'll find our pot of gold and everything will be just fine. Cultural hope is a destination a destination that we're really longing to get to, that always seems to be out of reach. But think about that for a moment. If we were ever able to or be fortunate or lucky enough to arrive at that mythical destination of cultural hope, then we wouldn't need hope anymore, would we? Hope is not in the destination. Hope, we find, is in the journey. Hope doesn't end when everything is all right. Because you and I all know that if it's all right right now, it's probably not going to be all right tomorrow or the next day. Hope continues through all of the cycles of our lives. Hope that was and is and is to come is summed up by this verse in this passage. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In his book, A Grace Disguised, How the Soul Grows Through Loss, Jerry Sitzer profoundly tells us What really should be obvious to us the quickest way to reach the light is not to head west and chase the sunset, but to head east, plunging into the darkness until the sunrise emerges. Sometimes hope will be painful, hope can hurt. But we don't notice the light until it's dark. Hope doesn't live at the end when our ship comes in, hope lives in the messiness of the middle. Dear Lord, aren't things messy right at the moment? But this is where real hope reveals itself darkness will not overcome it. Jesus is real hope not just to survive, but to thrive in the messiness and the darkness. And lastly, there is a beautiful simplicity to know and be known. The last verse of this passage that Steve read for us was, and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of, as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. In Jesus, we see the very embodiment of God's grace. John goes on to say, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. God takes on human flesh so that we have a chance to get to know the unknowable God. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made God known. This is the ultimate hope of Christmas, that we might know God and be known as God's children, And this deserves our full attention on Christmas Day but not just on Christmas Day when all things are merry and bright or at least there's a facade that all things are merry and bright. That we might know God and be known as God's children is that hope that needs our full attention every single day of the year. Every year of our lives. And it's the type of hope that we can become most aware of when things aren't going well, when it's dark, when it's messy, when things aren't right. This won't be a normal Advent because neither Advent or Christmas are normal. The hope that Christmas and Advent declares is not normal. Well, not normal as the world sees it. God has been with us since the beginning. Not just the beginning of our lives, but the beginning of all lives. There was hope. There was hope before Jesus. God is with us now. If our lives are great, because we're teachers and all the kids have just left the private schools and we're feeling lighter. Or if we're doing really well at the moment, there'll be hope when things aren't going well. If things aren't going well at the moment for us, there is hope. God has not abandoned us. God Will never abandon us. God will be with us into our futures. Our futures that will accompany both joy and sadness, success and failure. But hope travels with us in that time. There will be more hope. We haven't used it all up yet. We're not going to find this type of hope in a Black Friday sale or the perfect Christmas Day meal or that incredibly thoughtful Christmas present. We already have the free gift of grace upon grace. What could be better than that? You'll notice that I've barely scratched the surface of this amazing gospel passage But hopefully, see what I did there? Hopefully you can see the beautiful simplicity that there is revealed at the start of John's Gospel. Hope has been there since the beginning. It's not going anywhere. And we can count on it being with us into our futures. Hope is most clearly seen as light in the darkness and we can be assured that we will overcome But the overcoming is not the hope. Hope sustains us and carries us through the darkness and the messiness. And hope is knowing God and being known by God. And the only way that I know that that works is through Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. I normally wouldn't say these words this early, And I normally would not wear candy cane socks this early. But, happy Christmas. And as I've thought about it, I've realised, why do we ever start and stop saying happy Christmas? Christmas is a long game. And one that keeps revealing more and more of God each moment, each day, each year, each generation. Let's not stop hoping because God never has. God hasn't and God never will. Loving God, as we begin this Advent season, help us to be aware that your season of hope has been continued throughout human history and we're continuing to live in and through it now. Help us to show that hope, a hope that contrasts with the hope that our culture seems to be craving, a hope that lasts not just in the good times but is especially present and visible in the hard times. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen. I invite you to stand as we continue to sing of that hope.